I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Just waiting on uh, Uncle Craig, as he said uh, 12 minutes ago, that he'd be on in five minutes, but that's just typical. See how pissed he gets that it's already in recording. We'll be on in five. That was 17 minutes ago. No, it wasn't. Time is it? It's 9.38, and at 9.25, I'll be on in five. No, no, no. You text me at 9.25. You responded at 9.25. No, I didn't. No, I did. You text me at I 9.25. I said, yo, at 9.25. You said, exactly. yo, be on in five. At Not at 9.25. You didn't say you'd be on at 925, but you wrote that at 925. No, I didn't. It says it right here. What do you, what? Look at, do you know how to do this with your phone? You slide your thumb over and it shows you all the time of the text messages. That's what I thought. That's fucking wrong. Late is late. I'm going to tell you right now. I just learned something new today. Tell me you never knew how to do that. I've never seen that in all the years <laughs> I've owned a phone. Oh God, that is amazing! It's one of the worst things that people can do because then, when you're so delayed in your response, people can go back and see. It's a terrible feature, but it actually helps me in this particular moment. So, did you do your homework last night? On what? On oh, what we talked about in the show yesterday about your homework assignment. You said, "How will you do it?" And I said, "I do everything." I have no idea what we talked about yesterday. Okay. So a carryover conversation isn't going to be beneficial for us then. <laughs> See Austin Matthews throw out that first pitch? Yes, I did. Garbage. No, solid. 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 Look like a baseball player. High and little wide. Toss, little toss. No, it's high, not high and wide. wide. Front, what, front do, of the what do you expect those guys to do? Go up like Craig Grieve and throw an absolute missile right down the pipe? But I thought. <laughs> front of the mound. That's it. You're the MVP of the NHL. You grew up in Arizona. You claim you were a baseball player. Step on the white mound, the white plate on the mound, and launch the ball. What are these kids wearing these days? Did you see his outfit? Um, Austin Matthews might be. I know he's trying to be an influencer in, in whatever way, but man, someone's got a someone's got a tell this kid that you're going to throw the ball out at the Blue Jays Yankees game like maybe maybe step up your attire we don't care about this he's a, he's a fat he's he's the fashion guy you know like listen I mean it's not something that I would wear a lot of the stuff that he wears but you know what that's that's his thing these young guys these young guys nowadays have way more sty as my as my sons call it, way more sty than what we ever had times ten. Okay, I don't. We think had, that's true. We had the we had the black suit or the or the dark navy suit with a white shirt and a friggin' tie. These kids nowadays, they've got style. They've got flair. They want to. They have flair. That's not style. I, some of this is not. That's because you're an old man. No, I, I'm not. These guys are kids. Early twenties. They're early twenties, and you know what? They've got they've got uh, pizzazz. I like. I love how these young guys are, are are allowing themselves to do something different. You know who would have been perfect for this era? There's only one guy that I played with that I can say. Absolutely would have taken this era to the next level. Derek Roy. Absolutely. Did, is that what you're yeah. thinking? 
Oh out yeah. Out of all the out of all the players he, that I played with, he's the one guy that in this era would have. I would love it. to see what he was wearing. What he'd be wearing to games these days. Do you remember the rose shirt that he had? He had. He used to get destroyed for this. He had the. Uh, you may not have been there, but he had the. Um, it was like a white dress shirt that he wore with his suit, but then over from the middle of his back. And then over his one of his shoulders, and then down to like his chest, there was like this massive stitched in rose over the shoulder, over his shoulder. Do you remember this? Did you ever see this shirt? I know we wear. I know we wore it one time and just got absolutely destroyed for it. One of the (laughs) this is two days in a row. You want to hear a story about Derek Roy and I in fashion? Okay, we were roommates on the road, right? So. One of the things Roisy and I like to do is we like to go shopping. We'd get into town, if, you know, especially in, in Atlanta, great mall, right? There were two malls. Like the, our hotel was on the corner, and then there's a mall across the street on one side and a mall across the street on the other where we stayed in Buckhead. So we used to always go shopping, but I can't remember what city we were in. I feel like it was we were in Florida somewhere, um, but I'm not exactly sure. It could have been Dallas. It was somewhere nice, sunny. Or the weather was better anyway. So Roisy and I shopped a lot of the same stores. And we showed up to dinner on the road wearing the exact same shirt. Okay. But it wasn't like just like a white button down shirt. It was this pink shirt with like a darker pink stripe and then a darker pink stripe and then a lighter pink stripe and then a darker pink stripe. And it was like a pattern all the way across, but it was a pink shirt, right? Yeah. So Roisy showed up to dinner and I showed up a little bit later with a couple other guys and I walk in and there's Roisy at the bar wearing the exact same shirt. Okay. Now, naturally all the guys on the team are going to take notice to this and, and draw attention to it. So they go, we get our table and everyone goes to sit down and everyone rushes to the table and there are two seats available side by side. And there are only two guys that aren't sitting at the table yet. So they made Derek and I sit beside each other wearing the exact same pink shirt in this restaurant. And we went out. Oh yeah. Anyway, how, what? So th- this brings me back. So, so we're sitting here talking fashion in the NHL and, and you look at these guys like Austin Matthews in many, many times that he comes to the rink and, and, and the cameras are on him. He's always wearing some sort of hat, some sort of, uh, and that, that seems to be like the new style. Like we're going back to the fifties where everybody's got to wear, you know, a hat with their suit now, but I've, I've, I've got to see like PK Subban was the one guy to me that literally blew this wide open and, you know, started to wear these hats and he started to wear these, these uh, blazers or jackets that had a a crazy pattern to it. And it was, it was flair. It was awesome. You know, when I first saw it like years ago, when I had kind of like just retired, it just irritated me. All these young guys wearing this pizzazzy stuff because I was old school black suit, uh, Navy suit, and just kind of where I had my pizzazz is with my tie, which was a joke. But I look these young these young guys now, like you know, you look at Austin Matthews, you look at uh, look even, at Craig, uh, he's going crazy today. Pasternak, he's got, the, he's got the Paisley tie. What's that? Right. Pasternak. Now you look at Pasternak. You know, like the all these young guys are taking this this fashion thing to another level. And it and it as you were talking about Derek Roy, who he was one player that we played with that always seem to, you know, push the envelope on fashion. Okay. Um, who was, who was the one player that you played with thinking back that was like, by far the best dresser? No, no, no. The worst dresser. Like who was the one guy? Was there a guy that you played with throughout all your, all your time that you were like, holy jumping, like you really need some help here. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have a story. I want to add something. I have a story about my guy. I have a I'm guy not saying my, my guy. I'm not saying my guy. Oh, you're going to definitely multi- say your guy. There are multiple guys, but here's the, here's the thing, right? Like the name them. 
No. The, the Name thing all is, the is mutts like, that just the guy was were... wearing expensive clothes. He just didn't know how to put it together. Oh, okay. Like well, that's, that's so you're difference. sitting there and you're like, man, like God, it's not like he's it's not like he's buying like shit gear. He's he's wearing nice clothes. He just he's he's just buying all the wrong stuff, like wrong shoes, wrong pants, wrong shirt, wrong jacket. It was just it was bad. It was a it was and he he was regularly teased for how badly he dressed and he just totally accepted it. Tell me who he is. No. Then that's that's freaking ridiculous. No, I won't I won't do it. I won't do it. I'll tell you who the best, classiest, best dresser was. Okay, you know what? No, far. no one wants to sit here and listen to your friggin' shit. Oh, look at this I'm guy! Not, the best dressed guy. They want to hear guy. about I'm the I'm not. Played in Buffalo. Guy that I gotta tell you, I, so, I only played for two teams in the NHL. Like, I mean, it's I went to New Jersey, and and there were a bunch of stallions on that team. Like, guys had it figured out there. I, okay. I guess I'll just I'll I'll, I'll take this uh, since you just want to sit in your hands and uh, you know not well, who tell people who's your guy. Who, my my guy, it, it's 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 it. This is glaring. So I I had played uh, twelve years in Montreal. I played two years in 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 um, San Jose and three years here in Buffalo. In Montreal, you need to understand if you're talking fashion, it is literally one of the biggest fashion places in North America. Okay. And what I mean by that is in Montreal, give me the damn name (laughs) in Montreal. Dumb and dumber, by the way. Yes. In Montreal fashion is what you feel fashion is. So you have, you know, people walking down the street with, you know, dress pants, they have a pair of running shoes, they have a belt that doesn't go with the pants, they have, you know, a blazer that is just like, this is, these colors don't go together. It's almost like in Montreal that the craziest things that you can put together is fashion. It, and and it's so ridiculous when you look at it and the person's walking by and you're like, how the hell did you come up with that today? But here's the thing. The more and more you look, you're like, that is the most ridiculous outfit I've ever seen. But that's what people think fashion is in Montreal. Okay. okay so who was your player? So moving on. Everything moving you on. just said, I might even delete out. Just who's who's the player? Well, the player, this, this, this player was an older guy when, when I was in, I was in Montreal. So I was kind of like a a middle-aged guy where this guy was in his um early to to late 30s okay who is he was a guy that made um a lot of money at the time everyone's making a lot of money in the nhl can afford to dress well doesn't you don't have to buy the most expensive stuff what's his name i don't stop with the with the tease here so this 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 guy um would come to the rink and he would have so you know how you hem your pants at the bottom this guy's this guy what do you mean hem your pants oh like cuff yeah like the cuff or the hem you know when you're you know taper i was thinking tapering but never okay so this guy's suit came the the hem came undone so it's it was like dragging on the ground his suit okay his shoes literally looks like he had that he has worn these for 50 years okay there's no polish on them the laces are frayed the uh, i mean they're broken and tied in little knots so he can even it, it and his name was he would wear the same pair of jeans every day it looked like he is working in them for a job as a construction worker, he w- literally would th- wear the same pair of jeans every single day. Okay. It got to the point that Saku and I, one trip, found out his size of his waist. We, we found out the size and the shirts that he wore. 
And Saku and I were on the road one time. I think it was down in Florida. And we went and uh, we went Who and bought him. Is it? His, it was Jeff Hackett, our goaltender. One of the greatest guys. I absolutely love Hack. Okay. He just refused to put any money into, you know, clothing and, and he's looking smart. good. He's no, smart. No, it was to the point where, you know what? We had to step in. And I'll never forget it. Sack and I, Sack and I went shopping and we, we went and picked up, you know. You bought three, him clothes? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. How did you present them to him? We, I'm going to tell you. So we went, we went and picked up, you know, you know, socks. Like I'm even talking, this guy was wearing white socks with a, with holes in them. You know, it was, it was crazy. White socks with a suit. Yeah. We, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, that. So we went and bought him socks. We went and bought him a new pair of shoes. We went and bought him pants. We went and bought him, you know, collared button down shirts that he can wear, you know, with his suit and stuff. We went and bought him shirts, um, you know, short sleeve collared shirts that he could wear on the road. And we, we got all this stuff and we went to his room and we knocked on the door and then ran down the hall. Like we were like 12 years old and we watched him open the door, ruffle through all the stuff, brings it into his room. And, uh, we ended up getting a text like right after that. It kind of like was, was this guy, was this you? And we just started laughing saying like, enjoy. Right. And it was like Christmas morning and he put that stuff on and he wore that stuff. Okay. And I think he was one of the happiest guys ever that day because I just don't think that he, in his life and, and, and maybe the way he grew up that, uh, you know, he, he never was into fashion and it wasn't even about fashion. It was just about, I, I think you can afford, you're making millions and millions of dollars, but he just chose not to want to uh, spend any money, but, uh, it was a great day. I love that day. I'll never forget that day. He thanked us. You know, he's an old guy. He's an old guy. That's he's kind of a dick it. move by, by you guys though. You think it's it was? Like, yeah. It's no, like, oh, it wasn't. It wasn't except a dick him move. for how he is. He did, what he wasn't. He didn't look good enough for the for you guys to roll around as the Montreal Canadiens. Was he? Was he? What is he making you guys look bad or what? That's exactly it. Okay. It was All absolutely right. horseshit. It was uh-huh. unbelievable. I'm going to tell you right now. There's a lot of guys that look like shit. Okay, but this was next level stuff. This was like. I just don't think that he had the ability to go out and and maybe do a little bit of shopping and and he, he maybe it felt uncomfortable for him. I actually and know now who who when you're talking through all this, the guy that I was thinking about was a player, but I think the I'm not trying to I know I'm going to say Lindy Ruff was by far the worst dressed maybe human being I've ever come across that had money. Like his suits, guys, guys would come off the ice and they would slide down the bench and they would actually comment on Lindy's suit mid-game. Like, can you believe this guy's wearing this on national television? Like, he would come in the locker room, okay, and everybody was so looking forward to what tie Lindy was going to have on. He had on, he had the worst ties in the history. The, I remember the... Uh, the Sabres TV group at the time, I can't remember who the guys were, but they were walking around asking all the players, what would you get Lindy Ruff for Christmas? What would you get Lindy Ruff for Christmas? And I would say, you were on the team that year, and I would yeah. say, or I would say probably 75% of the guys said I'd get him a new tie. Did we not buy him a tie? We might have bought him a tie. All I know, I, I might not have been on the team at the time, but all I know is he would walk in the room and you would see guys look around and like like make make a, a gesture toward their own chest or their neck or whatever like look at the tie look at his tie it's fucking terrible <laughs> like it was yeah. it became a thing he had this brown suit that he would wear with a black shirt and like a, a dark gray tie 
with like these sloppy fucking black square toed like shoes that that literally looked like they, he'd worn them in the snow for two winters. I mean, and I'm just and all I'm thinking to myself, if you go back and watch the 2007 All-Star game, okay, they introduce all the players. We had Marty, uh, Marty, we had Millsy there. We had Briere, Campbell, and Drury, four starters at the All-Star game. Starters, okay? Lindy was the coach, okay? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They scroll down. Everybody. Like, I can't remember who the the assistant coaches were buttoned up, like tight suits, nice ties, shirts. You got, you got the coaches on the other team, nice suit and tie. There's Lindy, blue suit, powder blue shirt, no tie, because his tie was probably so bad. They're like, take it off. And it's like, he just looked all of the shovel, not really one for the, uh, for the fashion. But anyway, do you remember his? Do you remember that? I do. I do. Yeah. He had, you know, listen, I mean, it's like Lindy. Again, Lindy played a long time, okay, as a player. He was a great, great player. Um, He played a long time. And then I think it was like the age of 38, he got hired with the Florida Florida Panthers. And he, and he coached there for a couple years and then came to Buffalo. And it's almost like Lindy had the same suits for 20 years four button three button like, yeah like he I mean, was wearing three button suits all like he's still wearing three button suits for god's sake yeah i i listen i mean uh i'm sure that he has a number of suits okay over the years of him being a coach and a player but at some point in time those those suits go out of style and and some guys are just about fashion and style. There's a lot of players in the league that are all about fashion and style. They're, they're everybody they're breaking. They're breaking barriers right away. That being said, there's a lot of guys that don't give a shit about that. It's not about. They're not about being the uh, you know part of the fashion uh, police. And you know, Lindy Lindy had his style. That's how he was as a person. Um, you know, listen. I mean. I, I, I certainly don't look at Lindy Ruff and say, oh, yeah, that guy's cheap. He's not cheap, man. He's not cheap. To, this has nothing to do with cheap. I, did you hear me say cheap? It okay, said- well, I'm saying Jeff Hackett was cheap. He had to be cheap when he's making that much money. And, and he wore the same pair of jeans to the rink every day. He had the same jacket, you know, it, it, the same shoes. Like there was no wardrobe. Well, there's a difference between being cheap and simplicity. <laughs> like it sounds like, like maybe hack. It might have just been into simplicity. I mean, who who knows? I, I don't. I don't know. All I know is I remember, and you can ask any guy that I played with, Lindy Ruff. And, and listen, like I have a I have a love hate with Lindy, and but I have a ton of respect for Lindy. I mean, there's no question. My respect level for Lindy is at an all time high as a coach. My relationship with him is not really, you know, anything to 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 write home about. Yeah. But but that being said, just across the board, I still when I see New Jersey on TV or I see New Jersey's coming into Buffalo and I'm gonna watch the game, first thing I do is I'm like, I wonder what suit Lindy has on tonight. I wonder if he has a suit on that we've seen before. And I swear to you, when he was in Jersey, I saw the three button brown suit. In his time in Jersey, so in the last few years. That's enough about fashion. Uh, change the topic for us. What have you got? There's one, there's one thing that uh, I read an article this morning in, uh, the, in the Canadian news, and it, um, it was talking about the feds are telling Canadian players that are over in uh, playing over in, in the KHL, over in Russia, and 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 Belarus that they want them out of there. So uh, yeah. The Can- 
So the feds are telling these, these players that are over, you know, and I why are they doing that? Are they in, are I read they, the, are I read the article, way? 48 Canadian hockey players right now that are over in the KHL, you know, playing, playing there. Well, have now you- it's, it's tough. I understand the, I, I understand it all, but these hockey players, these 48 players are, are going to have to make a really, really, really tough decision because, you know, as well as I do that over in Russia, it's the second highest paying professional league in the world. Okay. There's a big, big, big difference between Finland, Sweden, uh, the Swiss league. Oh yeah. We, we both league. know guys that have made millions of dollars Tons of money playing in the KHL. That's right. So you have 48 players that are being told to leave obviously due to the circumstances with, with uh, Russian uh, Russia and, and the Ukraine understand it. And the feds are telling these players to, to get out of there that they need to leave. I'm, this is not a political comment. I'm just looking around what's going on. Like you had one of the largest um, um, uh, produce uh, developers or, or, or plants in France that was, on fire the other day, you had one of the largest uh, petroleum uh, companies here in, in the United States, one of the largest, on fire the other day. Now you have a gas line in the Baltic Sea that's just pouring out gas, and it was attacked. I mean, these aren't coincidences. These aren't flukes. Yeah. This is not, a, I don't know where to point the finger. All I'm saying is we are living in a scary, scary fucking world right now. It's scary. Yes. Yes, and it is. I heard more about Tua than I heard about the, the petroleum company here that was on fire. You know, like you got this fucking hurricane that's category four. Like, I, I mean, we live in a world right now that is it's scary. I'm sitting here watching the news with my son last night. And don't I, I had to change the channel. Don't I, I don't know why you're channel. watching the news. That's just uh that's 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 well, because tough to... we, we we wanted to follow you know we spoke to greg yesterday who's got a place in florida and he's he's got the 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 hurricane season coming on so i turn on the news to to check out the hurricane you got i mean it's anyway i don't blame them for telling them to get out of there would you send your players or kid to russia to play right now what do you mean would i like, send would you them? allow would... them to go if if so are you talking about if i was an agent or or my son, like, what do you, what do you just clarify for me? I'll give you a great example. So, um, Alberta based player agent, Rich Winter, you know, him, he's, he's pretty well-known agent around, uh, around this league. He has three clients that are playing in the KHL right now. And his thoughts are, you know, these players have a right to make, make a living in their profession. Okay and and to go and play in foreign countries and this is what he said he says we live in a world where individuals are allowed to make those decisions it's just an individual decision related to an employment opportunity he goes has every one of these players pushed tugged and pulled and wrestled with the decision yes absolutely at the end of the day there are husbands and fathers who have responsibilities to their families if you're a young family with limited resources because you've played mostly in the minors, there's a desire to take care of your family. I agree with everything that's said. There are guys, and I don't know how many of those 48 guys that are over there in Russia playing right now, I don't know how many of those guys have you know, a college degree. I don't know how many of those guys, if they don't go over there to make this money, because you play your entire life to be put in a situation where your earning potential is extremely, extremely short in this game. And if they have the potential to make, you know, a million dollars, you know, or a million, $2 million to play in, in Russia, but if you don't play in Russia and you have to go to another league where you're making 350, that's a big life-changing difference. So I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I would not want my son 
to go over there. But if, if you're looking at a client and you're an agent, I don't know what the right answer is. I know there's wrong going over there in the world. Okay. I know there's wrong. I just, I don't know how to answer this question. I read the article this morning and I don't know how I feel about it because I can see both sides of what is going on here. The political side is no, you should not be over here. You know, Russia is, is, is clearly doing something wrong. At the same time, these players literally have played their entire lives to get to a point where they can make significant money in a league. And now you can now you're not supposed to be over there. I, I think it's I think it's tough for those guys to to try and prioritize what's right and what's wrong. And I don't know the right answer. I do know that agents have told their players that it's not a good idea to go to Russia. I don't know who's in Russia right now, but you said there's 40 players over there. 43 Canadian 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 players. Uh, players. Now, if you were to ask me the question, how many American players are over there? There's probably there's probably, you know, 30 to 30 to 40, I would think. You look at Russia now, I mean, the KHL was like, look at the plane crash. You know, all those years ago, 10 years ago, the uh, locomotive team, like I, I, I played with guys. I've talked to guys. I know guys that played over there and I know guys that literally said that they could take their seat as they were taken off down the runway and turn it around mid flight. Like it wasn't even bolted to the floor. They had bags, like their hockey bags were down the, the aisle of the friggin' plane. Like the entire like the, plane had the bags in the aisle. Yes. You heard the story too. Like, yes. Like there's the, the KHL has been, I know guys that were telling stories about playing in Russian and they get paid in bags of cash, like once a month. Okay. And they would pay somebody. They would have to pay somebody to come to the rink and pick up their bags of cash and take it. To the bank and to the bank, so they can deposit it into their account. Because the minute they walk out of the rink, all the mob guys know that they have these bags of cash. They they get clubbed over the head, and their bag of dough is taken. And we're talking like fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars of bags of cash because that's how they were getting paid over there. Because we don't like the mob, the KGB. Had a had real influence on that league. It's like yes, but and there are listen. I mean, there's other like you're talking about the horror story of getting paid, not getting a check. Okay, these players are paid in cash. That's a bit of a a red flag right there when you're getting paid in cash. Then once you get the cash, you have to hire someone, a bodyguards. That will take you from the rink that day directly to the bank. Okay. That's the only way of getting there safe because like you said, the mafia is waiting for you. The gangs are waiting for you. They know that you have this cash. So you have to have like an armored, you know, bodyguards to take you to the bank. But what about the other horror story, Petey? What about when you go over there? And we're talking about the elements of. You know, you have a, you're taking a plane from one side of Russia to the other, and you have your, your plane seat. That's not even bolted to the floor. Okay. What about the days where you don't get paid? What about when you're sitting there on the day that you're supposed to get paid and, and, and the guys come in and say, you guys suck so bad. We're not paying you this week. All right. So yesterday we talked a lot about the the Eastern Conference and teams that are getting better. There was there's a player in particular in the league that I want to talk to you about because we started to talk about him a lot toward the end of last year. And he's unsigned right now. And there are a few contracts out there that were signed this summer that are he must be looking at saying, Where do I fit in? I'm going to give you some time to think about this. Western conference player, unsigned, 40 goal scorer. What? RFA has not come to a deal. So I look at Tage Thompson's deal. Tage Thompson again, 38 goals last year. Robertson. I got it. Yep. 
unsigned. Well, listen, I how mean, how come the league, how come no one in hockey's talking about this? Nobody's talking about the fact that, oh, yeah, what's his so name? So, what are they St. supposed Lewis to talk about? Eight, eight million, eight. How is he not signed? How much do you think he's asking for? Nine million bucks. Okay. I would, I would, I would say the same. I mean, Skinner got nine million after he scored 40. Tage Thompson got 7.1. Robertson had. 21 goals or something the year before. So it's not like he's, it's like a flu. It is season. not a one hit wonder. The guy's 23 years old. He and should be massive. on an eight year deal. He, he, he's a, he's a, listen. And ladies last, and gentlemen, who, last like, year, listen to me, Jason Robertson. I know you said Robertson, but just so people are clear, we're talking about Jason Robertson in Dallas, Jason Robertson in Dallas in 74 games played. The guy had 41 goals and 79 points. He's over a point a game and he scored 40 goals and he still had eight games that he didn't play. Okay. But here's the thing. He didn't, this is not a one hit wonder. The I year before 21 goals, he had 17 and 51 games. Sorry. My bad. Look at, look at his stats though. Petey, his, his, his first year real first year in the league he had 51 games played 17 goals and 45 points he's still on the, he's still on pace for like 70 points and 20 28 goals in his first year in the league if you would have played a full season this kid right now is an absolute stud you you sit there and you look at um Kairu, you look at um like who are all the guys Norris that signed Tate Thomas inside Thomas signed Robert. You look at, you look at all of these guys. They all signed for around $8 million a year, eight year contracts. Well, if you had a chance to have any one of these young players, whether it's Tage Thompson, whether it's, um, you know, Thomas Cairo Norris, who would you take for me? 1000% I'm taking Jason Robertson over every one of these players. That's it. That's a guarantee. Oh, he's a born scorer. I mean, his, he's his a born number, scorer. He's a his last maker. year in he's, junior. He played in Kingston. He played 24 games before he was traded. He had 23 goals. Okay. Then he played 38 games for the Niagara ice dogs. He had 25 goals and 79 points, 79 points in 38 games. Yeah. Okay. And 25 of those were goals. So can I tell you something too? American league. He gets to the American hockey league, 60 games, 25 goals, 47 points. First year in the NHL, 51 games in a COVID season, 51 games, 17 goals. So prorate that and you're that's that's a 20 it's a 24 goal season at least. Then he shoots more, up to 41. It's, it's more than that. Is it? Yes. Okay, I was being generous. I guess yeah, I guess it is, right? Cuz the 30 that's more like 40 goal. No, nah, it's like a 35 goal season. 30 goal season. If you prorate that I can tell you something. It's interesting that you brought him up today. And I don't know why you brought him up today. Because I was I doing research last night. Okay, good for you. There's, that's, there's always a first, which is great. But I'll, I'll tell you, um, and, I, and I never brought this up to you. I don't think we've ever talked Jason Robertson one single time in all the time we've been doing this together. Yeah, we did. We talked about him last year scoring 40 goals, but that's basically it. And how much is he going to get? We've talked about okay, it. okay. I I don't remember that, but I will say this: that I've heard from a little birdie that the Buffalo Sabers have been kicking the can at this kid. Is that so? That is uh, that is what I've heard. Well, I brought him up because I heard that there have been some tires kicked in Dallas on Jason Robertson. Okay, guys, say that again. The only reason why I'm bringing him up today is because yesterday I had a conversation with someone that said Jason Robertson 
Buffalo. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, apparently Who's the Sabres. Part of that? Part of me? Who's your guy? My guy? Yeah. Who's your guy? I think we might have the same guy. All right. Is your guy Kevin Adams? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was talking to him all last night. He was telling uh, yeah. me about Jason Robertson. Uh, the... <laughs> no. He'd be a great fit here in Buffalo. He's exactly what you need. Like a, you know, I can't even begin to tell you how great of a move it would be to pick this kid up. And I'll tell you, we have all of the pieces to make this work for a team like Dallas, who, you know, they've invested a lot of money in uh, Sagan and uh, Ben and, you know, what, what are they looking to do for the future in Dallas? Like, where are they looking to go? Are they looking to go a little bit younger? They, uh, they're, they gotta be. Is Roop hints the future of that team? Um, I don't, I don't know, but, uh, I don't see Dallas ever getting rid of Jason Robertson. I just don't established 40 goal guy. Like they're going to find a way to pay him. You know, like what would they did? They just they didn't they just sign. Is he Heiskanen? worth nine million a year? Is he worth seventy two Schmilly? Unfortunately, that's the going rate. Now, what are your options with this guy? He's he's twenty three, so you have time on him, right? He obviously didn't have arbitration rights this year, so you're going to look at a bridge deal for he's him. He's put up two. Why? Why? They can't afford him. We talked about us last year. We talked about Dallas last year. You know, like like they don't have no one has room to go and sign. They have six million in cap space. He's gonna well, make gotta, more, no, he's gonna make more than six million. I understand that, but I mean a guy like Joe Pavelski comes off the books the next year at, at five and a half. He probably will not be resigned. The other thing. They have to sign Roop, uh, sign Roop Hints. Now, Roop Hints is their number one center. Okay. I don't care what, you know, Sagan and Ben and all those guys. He's the best player that they have on the team. Um, Robertson is the other best player they have on the team. But do they have enough money to sign this guy? Well, they have to find it. And you're going to have to part ways with one of your guys. Pick one. Which one is it? The problem, the problem with Dallas is they're really old. They they're old. Sagan's thirty, Ben's thirty three, Pavelski's thirty eight. Um, Luke Denning, uh, Glenn, Luke Glenn Denning is thirty three. Um, they they have some older players on the team. Tyler Sagan is the anchor on that team in terms of salary cap. He he and just ben, is. I well. I can live with Ben because it's been worse than Ben's been worse than Sagan. I'm not a big fan right now of, of Jamie Ben. I think he's, uh, you know, once he signed that deal, he's been riding into the sunset and I don't think he's played the way that he's supposed to play for making nine and a half million dollars. That's just my thought. I think, I think skating has caught up to him in this young, young, fast league. I, I, I do. But I mean, it's okay, so train differently. Well, at that age, you're not, you're not really gaining, you're not getting faster at 33 years old. I'm sorry. You're not 33 years old and a shit ton of games. I mean, he's got, uh, he's coming up on a thousand. He hits a thousand this year. He stays healthy, you know, like, and he's had a hard career. He's not some some, you know, one of these superstar captains, he's a real captain. You know, he's, he's a real, the way he plays, the way he leads by example, he goes out and he fights, he fights big guys. Like he, he has worn down his body. I can live with Jamie Ben because I think when you look at, if, if you look at Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan in a locker room, which one are you taking more seriously? Well, I mean, they're they're different players. They're different people, from what I understand. 
And that's not a bad thing. I mean, it, like all I'm saying is Jamie Ben is like your grizzled veteran captain. Like you're never going to, you're going to have to bite half of his salary. I think Tyler Sagan, you might be able to move and get his entire salary off your books. Yeah. Jamie Ben well, is going to be hard. Listen, I mean, either he, way, he, sorry, go ahead. Tyler Sagan in 81 games last year had 24 goals and 49 points. He makes nine and a half million dollars. Played 81 games. No, granted, I'm, he had a bad injury, if I'm not mistaken, a, a knee injury. What the last couple of years he's been he's been injured. Yeah, you know, and I, I you well, know, I, I mean, th- it still doesn't make it any easier, right? No, it doesn't make it any easier at all. Doesn't that makes you actually might even make it even worse? You know, at 30 years old with five years left at nine point eight something million, like that's just Dallas is in a bad spot. So that's why I brought up Jason Robertson. And I think, and I think what's happening there is they don't have, they only have six and change in cap space. They probably want to get him on a two-year deal for, I don't know what a two-year deal would look like for him, or because I would take him to twenty-five. But he, I don't think, asking I don't, for, I just don't understand why you're million. sitting here even talking about a bridge deal with Jason Robertson. He's shown two years in a row that he that he's an elite player in the league. He's 23 years old. He's Craig, I'm in. giving it to you from the team's perspective. The team can't pay him $9 million this year. They can't pay him 7 right now. And he's worth every bit of 7 So that's why, if I'm, a, if I'm the team, that's probably why there's a sticking point is because the team's like, we have no money. We'll give you a two-year deal. Go score 40 goals. We'll give you, you know, 10 and a half. Never in a million years. years do that. And that's why he's going to sit out until he gets paid because he doesn't have to. This is not his problem. The problem is they did not run their books properly and now they don't have the money. Like you look at, you look at, you know, uh, Kevin Adams in Buffalo. He, he is basically not going out and signing these unrestricted free agent hockey players that he's going to have to pay a lot of money for. Okay. On long-term deals because he didn't do that because he knows that he has the he has the players in his system right now that he's going to have to pay. He's not going to run into an issue where, oh, I can't pay this guy because I made a deal two years ago for this, this older player that helped us in the short term. Right. But I, I don't think Dallas even realized what Rupe Hintz was going to turn into. Take away last year. Okay. Take away last year. Um, because they signed him, he was on a he's on the end of uh, a three year deal this year. So last year he scored what? What did he have? Um, Fifteen goals in forty one games or something like that. Um, and he was on he's on the second year of a three year deal. So they signed him to a three year deal after he scored nineteen goals in sixty games, a solid twenty five goal pace. They're probably like we're gonna have a twenty five goal guy in him, super fast. Plays plays fast, really good player. If you've watched him play, they're probably like, we're gonna get have a twenty five goal guy. We're not gonna have to pay him more than six million. Okay. Well, now he's at seventy two points, thirty seven goals. Now he's an eight million dollar player. Yeah, he might be one of the fastest players in the NHL. Am I thinking of the right guy? Blazing speed. Who's this? Rupins. Um, I don't know if he has blazing speed. He's a big kid. Rupe Hintz is a big is uh is a big kid. He's six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, he's fast though for his size. He, listen, I mean, he's he's outstanding hockey player. Like, I mean, an outstanding player. He's turned into. I think he he scored 30, 37 goals this year and and almost a point a game type player. I mean, he is the real deal. But here's the thing: he's on a one year deal. He's on a one year deal. They have to get him signed. He is priority number one when it comes to getting guys signed. He's known. He's called the speed demon. That's his nickname. Is it? Yeah. It's an article right here. Uh, The speed demon room hints is looking to make big moves tonight against the others. That was back. He's super fast. Like he's. Wow. Okay. I remember watching him against the Sabres. He was blown by guys like they were broken hockey sticks. It was gross. So I just don't think they expected to ever have a guy in Robertson 
being nine million dollar player and a guy in hints being a, a seven eight million dollar player as fast as they have. You know what I mean? So they're in it. They're in a really tough spot. Do you think the Sabers actually can get them? That's the question. They have all the currency they need. They just drafted three centermen in the in the first round this year. They have prospects. They've got Casey Middlestad, Dylan Cousins. I mean, these are the players you're going to have to start talking about moving if you're going to make a move. Peyton Krebs might be discussed in that conversation. First round picks are going to be discussed. Like just hypothetical. Play GM for a second. What does a deal for the Sabers and Rupe Hints look or uh uh Jason Robertson look like? You're going to be paying a lot for him. Eichel type deal? Four pieces? It's a four piece deal. No, it's it's even more. Really? It's even more than like it, it's it's gonna be more than what we had to pay for or you know um what Vegas, Vegas gave had for to Jack. Pay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jack Eichel, if he was healthy, okay, would have been a different it would have been a different move. But he wasn't healthy. He had a he had uh you know a neck surgery that's never been done to an NHL hockey player before. Um there was there was basically hatred between the two sides and and how it developed and went 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 on. But you're looking at a 23-year-old hockey player that just scored 41 goals last year and had over he had 79 points in 74 games. Jason Robertson is going to get paid in a big way. Like if I if I were to see that he got paid $10 million for eight years, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. I wouldn't be shocked going, oh wow, that is that's crazy. No. He is an he's an, an exceptionally good hockey player right now. I'm sure that Dallas is trying to get this player signed. They want him under an eight-year contract. There's no question about it. But right now, they're probably also fielding deals on what you can acquire for Jason Robertson. And when you look at the Sabres, we are literally the number one team in the entire league that would be a fantastic trade partner. There is, there is, we have the, the deepest prospect pool in the league. We had three first round draft picks. Okay. So you ask yourself, what, what would it cost? Oh my, it's going to cost an ungodly amount to get a player like Jason Robertson, who's only 23 years old and he's already producing over a point a game. And he produced a 41 goal season. It's going to cost a tremendous amount. So give me the deal right now. Your deal. I, I can't. Jason- I can't even I can't even begin to give you the deal. I, I I don't even know where it would start. It would it would it would start with a a, a first round draft pick probably and um uh Matt Savoy. You're looking at probably Yari Kulich, who is the 28th overall pick. There's two first round draft picks. You're going to be giving them uh, a first round draft pick, probably two ta- 2023 first round draft pick. Um you're going to need roster players like guys that play right now. Like Casey Middlestat is someone that comes to mind. Casey Middlestat makes two and a half million dollars a year and he's only 23 years old and he's got insane upside. Um, Peyton Krebs could be part of the deal. This is an NHL player that was a former first round draft pick. I think he was eighth, 18th overall to, to Anaheim. There, there's going to be a lot in this deal. It would be a very fruitful deal for the Dallas Stars. I don't know if Kevin Adams is 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 looking to give the amount that it's going to take to make this deal because it would be extreme. Do you need him? I don't I mean you have an up and coming Jack Quinn who put up numbers like Robertson did in junior. You got Skinner who seems to be back in form. You've got Tuck who's going to put up minimum 55 points this year. Has to. That's, I mean, he's, for me, Tuck's got to get 60. I think he's capable of getting 60. Um, you've got Tage who put up 38. 
you know, you've got Olafson who seemed to be back to form uh, last year, still got 20 and had a, had went 30 games without a, without a goal. I mean, you've got guys that can put the puck in the net here. Do you need Jason Robertson? Do you need to give up? I don't want to say a, a massive chunk of your future because there's no guarantee these players even play here in the future picks and whatever, but do you need to give up maybe currency you can use in other deals to fill other spots to get a guy that you might already have? I don't know if Jason Robertson is is well. Let me ask you this: When you're looking at Peyton Krebs, when you're looking at Yari Coolidge, when you're looking at Matt Savoy, when you're looking at you know even a Casey Middlestat or uh, a Jack Quinn, what are you hoping for with these players? I hope Jack Quinn can step in and be a Thomas Vanek and score twenty six this year. Twenty six. That was about the year after that. Forty. That's what. So you're looking. So basically, I'm sorry. You're hoping. Jack Quinn does exactly what Jason Robertson's doing right does exactly now. what Jason Robertson d- did exactly what Thomas Vanek did exactly what other guys have done that step into the league that have like, like, you know, we so, talk about, so let on, me ask on, you on, this on. question. Jack Quinn's not a rookie. He's been playing in the American league since he was drafted because of COVID. He was able to go play in the American league. He played he a is- couple years when he was 19 and last year was his real first year in, 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 the, in pro hockey. And he had mono. Yes. So he was out for a month and a half. That being said, we're hoping that Jack Quinn becomes a Jason Robertson. We're hoping Matt Savoy becomes a Jason Robertson. We're hoping Yari Coolidge can have a season like Jason Robertson. But what are the odds? What are the odds of any one of those players scoring 40 plus goals in a season and being over a point of game player. What are the odds of that, Pete? Uh, I don't know. It's not very good. I hate to say it, but it's not it, it's not a high probability for you're hoping that you're hitting on one of these players, okay? That's what you're hoping for, but what you're doing with Jason Robertson is you're getting an established player that has shown for 2 years in a row that he can play and produce in the NHL at a super high level, that is going to cost you. That is going to cost you major high-end prospects. It's going to cost you roster players, and it's going to cost you a draft pick. I wonder if uh, that conversation was started when they traded for Ben Bishop's salary. Hey, we got to get Bish out of here. You guys need salary. We need to get rid of salary. We got Robertson hints. We got all this money. We got Sagan nobody wants. We got Ben... You know, well, we'll take, what do you want for Robertson? What do you got to pay him? Converse. I, you know what they'd want? If you trade for Jason Robertson, the first player that goes in the deal is Jack Quinn. Most likely could be when you pick, when you pick a Matt Savoy at nine, this kid could have went in the top five. He fell on our plate at nine. You have Yari Kulich, who went at 28. He could have went in the top 15. I mean, there's players in the system here in Buffalo. We haven't even talked about J.J. Paterka. Michael Pekka. Michael Pekka. The assistant coach in Rochester only spoke incredible things about J.J. Paterka. Not only his skill set, his skating, it's his competitive uh, um, demeanor mentally. This kid, he said, is going, it's a, he's a sure fire star. Well, look, you got to make room for some of these guys anyway. It's my whole point. Let's, let's go pitter patter. Let's get at her. Like, like I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this. Like, would you want to trade Jack Quinn for Jason Robertson? Not straight up, because you're going to have to give a pick. You're probably going to have something else. You're, they're going to want a defenseman. They're going to want a Matias Samuelson. They're going to want. They're not. I'm not going Dolly. No, no way. You know they're they're going to want. Yoki Haru. Or there you go. You want Yoki Haru? You want a, a Victor Olafson? You want you want uh, Victor um, Olafson? Come on, Riv. Get straight with this trade. They're not coming to knock on the door. For Victor Olafson. They're not going to go take on three and a half million for, for a guy they've probably scouted. They are going to go and take, they want Jack Quinn, 
Victor Olofsson has produced points. What are you talking about? They have to produce. They have to bring something into their lineup, Petey. You're not just taking on prospects here. You're going to take on an elite prospect. Who's the most elite prospect that you have? Okay, number one, Jack Quinn. He's probably your number one prospect right now. He's probably going to be in the deal. Victor Olofsson, a roster player that has produced points, is going to be in the deal. Possibly a roster defenseman in Yoki Haru could be in that deal. How about a goaltender? How about Eric Portillo, who does not want to come to Buffalo? He is an asset oh, that we what? still own. Oh, that's right. Portillo. It's an unbelievable. It's an unbelievable. I, I just said we don't have goaltending, but I'm thinking, oh, we have Portillo. We, we have, have tons of goaltending. We have the goalie we drafted in the second round this year. We have Ukapeka. There's so much that we have. There's so much that we have to offer Um, Dallas for Jason Robertson who would be an absolute super stud in this roster for years and years and years and years to come. You're going to have to pay him, though. You're going to be paying him easily $9 million a year. And if you're okay with that, then let's go. So just a strange coincidence that Jason Robertson comes up on this fine day. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.